Hello, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 190 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And our episode today is an update on the Russia and the Burma sanctions programs. Well, good day to everybody. Hope you're doing well, staying safe and staying healthy. Um, today, I thought we'd sort of catch up with some recent developments. Uh, obviously, the Russia sanctions uh, program was updated uh, by the Biden administration and new restrictions were put in place. So let's talk about those. And then we're also going to talk about the Burma sanctions program uh, in response to the military coup there. And we've seen a ratcheting up of uh, sanctions in Burma over the last few months as well. Before we do so, let's start with a word from our sponsor, Steel Compliance Solutions. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding and how your compliance program applies to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's Compliance Solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Well, let's uh, catch up with uh, the Russia sanctions program. Um, Interesting that the Biden administration announced it, and it took a little bit of time apparently to put this together, even though it was sort of an intelligence uh, combined with uh, review with uh, sanctions. And uh, the Biden administration announced them uh, this week, and it was obviously um, a comprehensive response to Russia's interference in the 2020 U.S. election, the solar wind cyber attack, its ongoing occupation of Crimea, and uh, the threatening addition of troops along the Ukraine border. What's interesting, though, is it didn't go as far as some companies and you know uh, commentators were concerned about, which was it didn't attack in any way uh, Russia's involvement in the oil industry or in the mining industry or in uh, natural gas, and obviously those are their significant source of income. Now, all of that is still subject to the existing sectoral san- sanctions. So 
let's watch these sanctions and see what happens because if things get, let's say, worse between the United States and Russia in terms of the relationship, I think we'll see uh, a further action uh, with regard to those critical industries uh, where they could really hurt the United States, uh, I mean, where we could really hurt the Russian uh, economy. But nonetheless, uh, let's take a look at what they did do. And there are obviously some significant impacts here. Uh, and there was a really political uh, finding as well with regard to Konstantin uh, Kalinik. So uh, President Biden issued a new executive order, uh, and that's number 13848, targeting the harmful foreign activities of the Russian government. And it authorized a broad range of sanctions authorities in response to Russian activities designed to undermine free and fair democratic elections, to engage in and facilitate malicious cyber activities against the United States, to use transnational corruption. And uh, I think that's an interesting addition because it ties into the uh, U.S. Uh, Biden administration's uh, growing focus on global corruption. Um also to pursue, the other purposes listed were to pursue extraterritorial activities targeting dissidents or journalists and to violate well-established principles of international law. Now, the broad scope of the executive order gives the Biden administration, I think, uh, lots of tools to use, and there are more tools in the toolbox, like I said, which can be used for purposes of ratcheting up even these sanctions to even more. Uh, coverage and, like I said, going into the oil and gas and uh, mining industries. Now, the White House also took steps to expel 10 Russian diplomats uh, in Washington, including Russian intelligence representatives for their roles in the cyber hack and election meddling. Uh, And interesting was uh, President Biden spoke to Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, to preview the actions, so he didn't just blindside him, he gave him a heads up. Uh, And the Treasury Department then issued specific sanctions under this new executive authority. And the new uh, sanctions bar U.S. financial institutions from participating in the primary market for bonds issued by Russia's central bank and other financial institutions. The impact of that prohibition to me is unclear, given that the U.S. is not a large purchaser of Russian bonds. And if they wanted to circumvent it, they could uh, obviously buy Russian bonds in the secondary market. This only bans them from the primary market. The the Treasury Department also sanctioned six Russian technology companies that support the Russian intelligence uh, cyber program, along with 32 entities and individuals. Another eight individuals were sanctioned for their role in the ongoing Crimea uh, occupation. The White House also named the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service uh, as the primary actor for the SolarWinds hack, and the White House emphasized that further sanctions, again, may be imposed in the future. The sanctioned individuals include Alexei Gromov, who is the first deputy chief of staff. He was already designated under Executive Order 13661, the prior Russian sanctions program put in by the Obama administration. Uh, The Federal Security Service... FSB, the main intelligence directorate, the GRU, the Foreign Intelligence Service, uh, the SVR, uh, Southfront, an online disinformation site connected to the FSB, Newsfront, a Crimea-based disinformation outlet that worked with the FSB, 
the Strategic Cultural Foundation, SCF, an online journal registered in Russia that is directed by the SFR, SVR, InfoRoss, a news agency run by the GRU, and Dennis Turin, a leader at InfoRoss. Now, they also targeted further sanctions against Yevgeny Prigozhin, a Russian financier of the Internet Research Agency, obviously one of the uh, major oligarchs in the, com- in the country uh, associated with Pol- uh, Putin. And uh, the, the IRA, or Internet Research Agency, was cited in the, uh, uh, in the uh, Mueller investigation as well. Uh, and it's a Russian troll farm that OFAC previously sanctioned in 2018. Alexander Malkovich and his company, the Foundation for National Values Protection, uh, have basically facilitated Progotsin's global influence. Uh, and they, uh, Progotsin has sort of uh, gone into Africa to uh, extend sort of Russian disinformation campaigns. And uh, a lot of the response here was uh, fo- uh, focused on the malign operations in Africa as well as Europe, which they've been doing for years. In addition, the Treasury uh, Department designated several companies associated with Progotsin, and these are companies that were used to evade sanctions and disguise his ownership interests. As I've always said, the Russians are very good and take a lot of effort to disguise ownership interests and to disguise, uh, to sort of uh, minimize supposedly uh, SDNs, uh, but use certain techniques to nonetheless keep them in the mix. Uh, so these companies were Translogistic, uh, Unetsit, uh, Artem Stepanov, uh, Maria Zueva, Kirill Sherberkov, and Alcon. And finally, uh, the political part that I mentioned earlier was the Treasury Department designated Konstantin Kalimnik, a Russian and Ukrainian political consultant who was associated with the Russian intelligence services, and he surfaced during the Mueller investigation for playing a key role as a political intermediary between the Trump campaign and Russia, and supposedly took from uh, Manafort uh, political campaign data, uh, took it from the Trump campaign, uh, Manafort provided it to him, and uh, Kalinick took it not only to Russia, but uh, the government, uh, the U.S. government, was able to verify that it actually was delivered to the Russian intelligence services. So that was the new information with regard to Kalimnik. So that's a general overview here. And as you can tell, it doesn't uh, hit the oil and gas industry. It doesn't hit uh, the banking industry other than on the primary bars on uh, Russian debt, which the U.S. has not been a financier of in any event or a purchaser of bonds. Uh, as well. But nonetheless, uh, remember the 50% rule kicks in. Uh, so any of these companies or individuals uh, where they have a 50% in aggregate or more interest are also prohibited. So be careful, do your due diligence with regard to that. So let's turn now to the Burma sanctions and the export licensing prohibition. So we have not only OFAC, but we have uh, Department of Commerce, uh, BIS, restrictions that have been implemented in response to the military coup. On April 9th, uh, 2021, the U.S. Commerce Department's Bureau of Industry and Security, the BIS, adopted new restrictions targeting Burma by applying export administration regulations, or EARS, 
uh, military intelligence end use and end user controls. These controls were first issued in January 2021 and became effective in March 2021. Now, the original rule adopted in January 2021 imposed new end use and end user requirements and new controls on support activities by U.S. persons with respect to military intelligence, end uses, and end users in China, Russia, Venezuela, or any any country and groups E1 and E2, including Cuba, Iran, North Korea, and Syria. The the January rules require that U.S. persons must receive authorization from BIS to transfer any items subject to EAR when the items are intended for military intelligence uses or these jurisdictions. In February 2021, uh, Biden, President Biden issued a new executive order, 14014, blocking property with respect to the situation in Burma, which authorized sanctions on certain Burmese parties in response to the military coup. Under the executive order, OFAC designated 15 parties connected to the military apparatus responsible for the coup. The new sanctions do not prohibit dealings with the Burma government or financial services and investments in Burma. The old Burma sanctions prior to the uh, democratic um, uh, movement, uh, when the military was last in control, had a broad prohibition on financial services and investments. Uh, And now uh, the focus in the new uh, sanctions regime is Burma's defense and security services. In February 2021, BIS issued a notification that will apply a presumption of denial for license applications for the export and re-export of items to the Burma military and security services, and they also suspended certain license exceptions that were previously available to Burma. Then in March 2021, pursuant to the Executive Order 14014, OFAC designated two individuals and two entities connected to the Burmese military, including Thanh Hain, uh, it's spelled H-L-A-N-I-A-I-N-G, a leader of the Burma police force, uh, the 33rd Light Infantry Division of the Burmese Army, the 77th Light Infantry Division of the Burmese Army, Lieutenant General Ong So, a Burmese military special operations commander. Late in March 2021, OFAC designated uh, Myanmar Economic Corporation Limited, or MEC, and Myanmar Economic Holdings Public Company Limited, MEHL, MEL, let's call it MEL, two military conglomerates. These conglomerates play a significant role in the Burma economy, and they're involved in trading, natural resources, tourism, alcohol, cigarettes, and consumer goods. And BIS added both of them, restricting exports, re-exports, and in-country transfers uh, to or from MEC and uh, MEL. OFAC's uh, SDN designations prohibited any any transaction involving a U.S. person. And remember the broad definition of U.S. person, which includes U.S. organized entities, U.S. citizens, U.S. permanent resident aliens with a green card, and any person who's physically located in the U.S., notwithstanding their nationality. In addition, remember under OFAC's 50% rule, the prohibition extends to any any entities that are owned directly or indirectly 50% or more by MHC or MEL. Uh, 
OFAC is also issued four general licenses authoring transactions that would otherwise be prohibited under Executive Order 14014, including wind-down license transactions involving uh, MEC and MEHL. The four licenses include General License 1 uh, authorizes uh, the conduct of official business with uh, the U.S. government. General License 2 authorizes uh, official business of the United Nations, International Center for Settlement of Investment Disputes, International Committee of the Red Cross, and International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Services, and the Association of Southeast Asian Nations and several other organizations, including a number of development banks. General License 3 uh, support allows activities in the range of humanitarian, democracy building, educational, non-commercial development, and environment and natural resource protection activities in Burma. And these include processing a transfer of funds, the payment of taxes, fees, and import duties, and purchase or receipt of permits, licenses, or public utility services. And finally, General License 4 uh, is a general catch-all for ordinarily incident and necessary to the wind-down of transactions involving MEC, MHL, EHL, or any entity in which MEC or MEHL directly or indirectly owns a 50% or greater interest. And the initial uh, wind-down date right now is June 22, 2021. Now, one thing about the Burma sanctions program, uh, prior to this, uh, this recent uh, series of events, the SDN list or prohibited person list, specially designated nationals, included a number of uh, significant economic players in the Burma economy. And what we found is that uh, be very careful about people uh, who uh, present themselves in a commercial context but either are uh, tied to these uh, entities, MEC and MEHL, but also they may already be on the prohibited list. And they can, to the SDNs in Burma tend to control a fair amount of the economy. So you have to be extra careful if you're doing any activity in Burma uh, or extricating yourself as well. So be careful uh, with regard to the situation in Burma. There's going to be a lot of focus on these uh, sanctions given the, the really difficult situation and the amount of violence and protest that's going on uh, in Burma. Anyways, that's a quick update on Russia and Burma. Um, if you need any help in this area, please let us know. We're happy to help on uh, do a lot of sanctions work. Uh, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, stay in touch. And thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.
exchange, no time to exchange. No. 